From the MGMA in-home studios, welcome to the Insights Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. I've worked in many different industries. There's nothing like healthcare uh, in, in terms of people who can be in really tough situations, but they care so much about the patient. Um, and then it, and people are collected because they have this same sense of care. And so that's why they can do powerful things together and, and transform and improve and save lives every day uh, because they're drawn almost by a sense of purpose and mission. That's Michael C. Bush talking about strong leadership within the healthcare world. We'll hear more from Michael on how to build inclusion in the workforce, what it takes to be a great listener, and effective tips and tools on running effective meetings. But first, a word from our sponsors. Humana supports physicians and other healthcare providers to deliver the right care in the right place for their patients. Their value-based programs deliver results that help lead to a better quality of life for its members. Humana's clinical capabilities, resources and tools, in-home care, behavioral health, pharmacy services and analytics make healthcare easier to navigate and more effective. Learn more at valuebasedcare.humana.com. MGMA has designed an event to help healthcare leaders wherever they are on their career journey. We see you, we understand you, we are here for you. And this year, more now than ever before, is the year to gain best practices, tips, tools, and overall knowledge on how to rise above the economic and financial challenges that 2020 has brought. Join us for the virtual healthcare experience of the year at the Medical Practice Excellence Conference, October 19th through the 21st. Register today at mgma.com mpec20. The latest data shows that organizations that prioritize a culture of inclusiveness outperform those that don't. We're joined today by Michael C. Bush, who spent more than a decade as a practice leader at Kaiser Permanente, and who now uses that experience to work with companies to create a for-all leadership model to help drive successful companies, as well as personal performance. Michael, thanks so much for joining us today. Daniel, happy to be here. Now, as you know, we, we've been talking offline. I've been hearing you talk about a lot of the issues that we're all dealing with, whether it's virus-related, race-related, economy-related. So there's just so much going on in the world. What have you done then? How have you kind of jumped into the fray to talk to leaders at organizations and talk to employees at organizations to get them to really focus where where they need to work together and 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 communicate how have you helped them so first on COVID-19 we started actually a web series called better together and that we just started it and we didn't know what we were doing we just wanted to be a go-to place to start collecting and sharing best practices 
for um, getting people, you know, working from home, uh, uh, so to speak. So we work with a lot of customers. We crowdsourced what they were doing, and we would uh, once a week have a webinar and share that information. And uh, that proved people really appreciated it. So that was our response there. And we, we uh, continue to do that now on a monthly basis, kind of the last Friday of every month, we, we come together to talk about that. And then with, with George Floyd's murder, where um, I actually wrote a blog uh, about the two viruses, um, one being eight months old, COVID-19, the other one being 401 years old called racism, and, and, and got to work on trying to encourage companies to acknowledge this and, and, and to speak about it, and then to encourage companies to create listening sessions. So we did a lot of work on how to do the speaking part, because people would rather talk about anything but race. Um, and um, yet we, we felt we could, we could be helpful. We found some authors who were doing very thoughtful work in this regard. We recommended their books, uh, White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo and How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram Kendi for people to read. I made sure I read those books. All people at Great Place to Work had to read those books. So we found a different way to have this conversation. So we got right into putting tools together that we could give leaders to know how to wade into this pool of uncertainty that they've never had to wade into um, before. And, and yet, and, and the response was remarkably good. Um, the response was remarkably bad for companies who did nothing, um, who wanted to pretend that nothing had happened. Uh, but for, for companies who acknowledged it, they certainly got the, you know, the support and care from their employees who were glad that they were talking about these uncomfortable things. Thank you so much for that. And um, we're, we're primarily, we're, we're focusing in this conversation and, and your talk that's coming up in October, you're really hitting those points about what makes a good organization? What is an organization that uh, is inclusive. So I want to I want to zero in on one piece of that that you talk about a model that's called the for all leadership model. I hadn't heard that term before. I don't know if our listeners have. Tell us what that is. Help define it so we get a better understanding of what that is. Yeah. Um, well, th thanks for the, for the question. And you know, it's just like you said at your opening. It means so much more now. Yeah. Just yeah. for all means so much more now. Uh, so uh, this, this is a good thing. And I'm really looking forward to, um, you know, talking with people who are, you, you know, um, leading, affecting um, the, the improvement of lives in healthcare. I spent uh, a decade at Kaiser Permanente. Um, so I, I, I know something about it. And I've worked in many different industries. There's nothing like healthcare uh, in, in terms of, people who can be in really tough situations, but they care so much about the patient. Um, and then it, and people are collected because they have this same sense of care. And so that's why they can do powerful things together and, and transform and improve and save lives every day uh, because they're drawn almost by a sense of purpose and mission. You know, I think people are called um, to healthcare and, and all sides of it. So what, what, we, what we talk about in terms of being the for all leader is, is a leader who can, who is working, first of all, the for all leader has to be humble. That, that this is the number one characteristic of the, of the for all leader. And they have to be curious. 
and uh, about other people and learning from other people. Uh, and you take a humble person and a curious person, when they listen, they're listening because they're changing while they're listening, which is the ultimate show of respect, which is to talk to another person and be changing based on the conversation. Otherwise, why have the conversation? If you're just gonna be the exact same way as you were before the conversation started. So the for all leader uh, is, is that type of person and they want to be that type of person. And so they're always working on their listening. They're, they're thinking about how to speak in a way that inspires people, which isn't being you know, a great charismatic leader. That's not it, that doesn't last. It's really about helping someone know how their job, if they do it well, affects the purpose and contributes to the purpose being satisfied that the, the reason that the organization exists. And people get a sense that you feel that way um, about them and treating people as, not seeing people as a demographic, seeing people as a person. You know, there's, I'm not saying be colorblind because that's insane. I'm saying, but seeing people as a, seeing through things to get to know someone, again, back to the curiosity. And so we measure this because we have found there are some leaders who, this seems to be one of those born things. Um, they, they have this sense of purpose um, that they're, they're uh, in terms of what they're trying to achieve and the difference that they're trying to make. And they're always working and, and always improving. And then there's four other types of leaders. You know, there's kind of the good leader, the transactional leader, the hit or miss leader and the unintentional leader that the way we like to look at it is they're all trying to be for all leaders. They're all moving in that direction uh, day by day. They're getting feedback. Uh, they're learning through role plays how to give feedback more effectively. Um, they are really thoughtful and making sure when they pull their team together, they don't thank the same three people every time. Uh, and they make other people know what they need to do to be thanked. So the, the, there are nine behaviors that we identified and I'll certainly be spending time talking with them, uh, talking about these behaviors in the talk. And, uh, we, and the for all leader is always mindful uh, of these things. And every meeting, people should be thanked. The, the, this, now the for all leader just does this naturally um, because they know nothing can happen. Uh, without the people. And so this is a basic um, leadership behavior that, you know, the for all leader doesn't think, well, you're getting paid, you should do the job. That's kind of the unintentional leader. You know, the, the for all leader is, is always expressing the gratitude uh, in a way that that's sincere because they're humble. And the for all leader, when, when, you, when you say to a for all leader, uh, you know, you're really a great leader and this is a magnificent organization. They always say, it's not me, it's my team. I always know I'm not talking to a for all leader when they say thank you. Because <laughs> they actually <laughs> think it's about them. You know, but the for all leader immediately deflects yeah. and says, it's not me, it's my team, my remarkable people, our nursing staff's amazing, you know, our, uh, our IT team and you know, our electronic medical records, the way we've been able to implement that, that's really helped us get people information that they need right now. They always do that, they just deflect. Um, because they're just so fo focused on, on the purpose. Any focus that they put on themselves takes them uh, away from the purpose. Right. And for some people that may come naturally, but for others not. And they, if they want to be the kind of leader you're talking about, they need to get the tools and the training. How, how do you kind of change someone's, that, that part in their brain where that first response is, 
hey, the thanks goes to my team, you know, and they deflect that. How do you, how do you get that embedded into someone where it becomes, it can become natural for them? Yeah, I, and, and as, you know, as you know, not, not everybody can do it. Uh, we've got many leaders in the world that clearly can't do it. Um, and, and so it's, it's easy to find, to find those examples. So it starts with humility, you know, because humility means that you're right-sized and uh, you're, you're basically saying you don't know everything, um, and w- which is the truth. So a humble person is just telling the truth. I don't know everything. And so, and it's okay for me to say I don't know everything. So when you start there, then th- everything's possible. If you can't start there, then it's not going to happen. Uh, so not every leader can do this. There are some leaders who feel like they have to know everything. Some leaders who feel they do know everything. You know, they actually believe they're an expert. You know, there's some people who think they're an expert at something. Um, so th- th- this is the thing. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how you can crack that code. But um, w- what I have found is if you take someone who's curious about this concept, um, that's a beginning. And then you can actually introduce them to, um, for all leaders, leaders who lead with humility, um, that I know many, and they can actually see, wow, you know, you can actually lead this way and run very successful organizations. Um, and I know many leaders like that. Some think that, you know, I, I can think of companies that are the most fin- financially successful companies in their industry sector, led by these leaders that I'm describing right now. So th- there's no, well, if I lead that, if I'm humility and if I'm curious, I'm not a real leader. I can tell you someone in your industry who has those characteristics, who's making tons more money than you for their, for their organization. So there's no disconnect here um, in terms of uh, e- economic performance. Mm-hmm. Now, regular listeners of this podcast, they've heard us talk about culture before in organizations, but I don't think they've heard it talked about quite like you've been talking about it. Um, there's a rawness now, there's an openness. I, I feel that and in hearing you talk, I feel that you believe that too, that people are receptive to it right now. You talk about a culture of inclusiveness Give us an idea of what that means. What does it look like? Yeah, and the way I, I like to think about that is uh, t- to think about what it doesn't look like. <laughs> you know, um, you know a, a person who feels like they really don't want to go to work. Um, they actually love the work, but in terms of some of the people they're going to interact with, they're not looking forward to it. Um, and they, they feel like their leader just sees them as an employee and whether they leave or not doesn't really matter um and their leader never asks them for how they're doing or do you have any ideas on how we can do this in a different way um or um you know uh how are things going for you um you know how how have you been getting through the past uh seven or eight months those questions aren't asked, which lets the person know they just don't really aren't cared for as a person. So this is what it feels to be not included and that you don't feel like you belong there. Um, and then you see other people who seem like they are treated differently. Um, you see that same manager or supervisor 
interacting with other people in a way that somehow they're in the same club almost. And you wonder why that is. And that means you don't feel like you're included or you don't feel like you belong. So when somebody says, do you have any ideas on how we can improve things in terms of how long it takes a patient to get serviced um, um, or to make, ensure a patient keeps an appointment that they, that they, that they, uh, they set? Um, you don't know if the people really want to know. And so you say, no, nah, I, I actually don't. You, you know, well, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. You know, yeah. so you, you're just kind of disconnected. You're kind of on the outside. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of people at work in that category. In the average workplace, it's more than half the people. It's, it's more than half. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just a job. That's why there's songs, take this job and shove it. Thank God it's Friday. <laughs> That's why those songs are a hit. <laughs> you know, because for some people, they're like an anthem, you know, so, yeah. so that's, that's what it feels like, you know, not to be included and belong. And so right. I always t- talk to people about a great place to work for all is better for business. That's the first thing I say. This isn't about do what's morally good, and you should treat everyone and the golden rule and things like that. Um, I think those things are, 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 are good and interesting. But for a business organization, it's about what's best for the business. Mm-hmm. You're and talking I mean, about the bottom business, line, right? I'm talking about the bottom line. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. our book, Great Place to Work for All, is in the business section mm-hmm. uh, for a reason. It's not in the HR section um, because we believe this is the way you make the most money and, and make the case to, to do that. Um, and that if you have everyone maximizing their human potential um, instead of half the people who work for you feeling like they have a job, which means you're not getting the ROI. You're just not getting it. You're wasting money. You're wasting money. And uh, because there, you know, whereas you have, there's some organizations where the trust level is so high, people will be out walking their dog on the weekend thinking about work and what they can do because they're so into it, you know, and, and I mean, at all levels, not just the C, you know, the people at the top, people on the front lines. And we see this all the time. And when you can see it across all demographic groups, well, now you've got a powerhouse organization. And I have many of examples of some tech companies like that. I got Hilton Hotels that are like, like that. Marriott, I can name. It doesn't matter what the industry is. Um, I, can, I can tell you examples of uh, knowledge workers, people digging ditches all day, uh, and still being able to create this high sense of, of inclusion and belonging that everybody feels cared for. It's real hard to do without, you know, obviously we're in the business of doing surveys, um, but I think it's real hard to do uh, to improve if you aren't measuring it. It, it, it's, it's tough to do. And so obviously our business is built on the analytics that come from a social science approach um, and mathematical algorithms to help people know uh, that you've got this certain group of people um, in this certain area that aren't feeling like they're being listened to. Mm-hmm. So now here's some things you can do to help people feel listened to. Um, the, the prescription's pretty easy when you know, um, uh, you know what the problem is. Right. Well, we were talking about this earlier, um, offline and earlier in this conversation, but many organizations are working remotely now. So think about it this way. You've got... Um, a certain group, as you said, more than 50% of employees might not feel included to begin with when they're actually physically in a building with other people. Now they're 
dislocated from them. They're having to communicate through like we're doing through a Zoom call or other means of communication. How do you get that inclusiveness now in the uh, situation that we're in? Yeah, I, I think trying to, um, for the leader, um, it, it's trying to create in every meeting, we, we, we believe that how meetings begin and end, um, in, it, it actually affects whether or not there's a sense of humanity in the meeting. So uh, no matter what business you're in, starting the meeting with a check-in. And, and a check-in is a question, really. It, it's, it's not, how's everybody doing? Because that's hard for some people. Yeah. Um, you've got introverts and extroverts. And, and by the way, for all leaders, overwhelming, uh, the majority of them are, are introverts. So I'm not talking about people who love and get energy from interacting with people. It's the opposite, but they have a way of doing it. So um, that, that, that doesn't um, deter them at all. But I think by opening a meeting with, um, can everybody share, um, uh, you know, something funny that happened in their family uh, this week? Uh, can somebody share something that happened funny with one of their neighbors this week? You know, can somebody share, um, you know, a, a challenge that they're having uh, right now based on, on, on what they're going through? Or can somebody share what they're frustrated about, you know, uh, and what they're hopeful for? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, you, and if you've got like 50 people, you can't do everybody, but just five or six people. You know, it, it gets people into the meeting, really, uh, because it's done through humanity. And then at the end of the meeting, the leader should acknowledge that, hey, you know, we just talked about something really serious and uh, made some great progress today. But I just want to acknowledge that um, if you have a mobile phone, you're seeing things that are disturbing right now. Um, and, and so it's not easy. So I really appreciate that you're seeing things that are disturbing. You're worried about your family and you give our organization the time and attention you just did. That's the thank you. And it's on a human way dealing with reality. Um, so th that's one of the things that, that we recommend in terms of, of, of the connection. Uh, we recommend organizations encourage people to take breaks. Um, you know, a couple of 15 minute breaks a day. Uh, we, we recommend that people have, you know, tell people who are working distantly, make sure you get out for a 20 minute walk, wear your mask, uh, but get out for a 20 minute walk, you, you know, uh, around your neighborhood, uh, stay safe, you know, keep, keep a distance. And um, uh, this is critically important uh, in, in terms of, of mental health. And we encourage companies to make it a requirement, you know, so make it a requirement. Don't suggest it because people won't do it. People will keep working. Um, so you have to, you have to help them at this time uh, because they're just wanting to hold on to something and work is something you can just hold on to. Right. Uh, and, and so um, uh, the, these are, are, are things that are, are the best practices in terms of connection, finding ways for the, you know, the, 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 if every leader took, you know, 15 minutes a day to randomly connect with somebody on their team, you know, just, you just want to try and work through everybody, but, um, you know, you can connect with, with, um, you know, five people a week and, and, you know, just, Hey, 15 minutes, just wanted to see, see how you were doing, you know, how, how are things going and how are things going in your family? Do you have people distant that you haven't seen when we get back to normal? What's one of the first things you're going to do? You're just trying to have a human conversation. It's only 15 minutes. Um, that person will tell 15 people. 
about that. Not only at work, in their family. Wow. Because they'll be like, you know, my supervisor called me and, and we talked about these things. People are like, what? And they're like, my supervisor hasn't done that. That's how unusual it is for people to have a personal, a personal connection and, and you just keep that rhythm up, five people a week, you know, um, if you have a large organization, you have your other managers and supervisors do the same thing. But this, that 15 minute connection, we've surveyed it. Companies who do that, when you say, do you get all the resources that you need to be successful? Yep. Do you think pay, pay is fair in your organization? Yep. Now people don't, one thing people don't understand is pay. They have no idea how pay works and, and in any organization. They, they're just guessing they really have, but they'll, yep. You know, do you think your manager cares about you as a person, not an employee? Yep. Um, do you think promotions go to those who deserve them? Yep. It's this connection that affects people's consistent perception about how things are going at work. It's not the clarity of the benefits and of the path to promotion. It's this human connection. So uh, this, you know, this 15 minute thing I'm recommending, the benefit is huge. And the, here, here's the thing I guarantee. Any manager, leader, or supervisor who does this is on their way to being a for-all leader. And I will, they will learn things about their people that they did not know. And they're going to learn things about themselves that they did not know. And at the end of it, they're going to realize, golly, we are all the same. Yeah. You know, because I got a crazy mother-in-law too. You know, <laughs> and, and so what I got to deal with that, you know, so it, it, this is the thing where we start to be linked now. Mm -hmm. And it's not me in this job, you in that job, you in this silo. That it, It's a different kind of connection that happens and it builds trust. Mm -hmm. This is what builds trust, um, you know, which is the foundation for, um, a high-performing organization. Yeah. Well, Michael, that, that is a wonderful story. So I want to end on that one. So thank you so much for sharing these insights with us, sharing it uh, at a very difficult time, but as you said, a time for change and a time for to have some optimism that change can really happen. So thank you so much for this. Daniel, thank you very much. Your questions were great. I enjoyed the time and getting to know you too. And, uh, um, you know, you're from Mississippi, I'm from California, but I feel like I got a brother from Mississippi, um, you know, going through this together and definitely look forward to, uh, you know, talking to the great people um, and, uh, and saying thank you to them. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Insights. Thanks to our guest, Michael C. Bush. To learn more from Michael, you can hear him speak at MGMA's upcoming annual event. Also, thanks to Humana and to the Medical Practice Excellence Conference for sponsoring this week's show. To learn more about how Humana's resources and tools are making healthcare easier to navigate, go to valuebasedcare.humana.com. And to learn new skills and gain insights on making your practice more efficient and more optimized, Register for the Medical Practice Excellence Conference that will be held October 19th through the 21st. Register today at mgma.com mpec20. 
If you like the show, please rate and review it wherever you get your podcast. If you have topics you'd like us to cover or experts you'd like us to interview, email us at podcast at mgma.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at MGMA Daniel. MGMA Insights is presented by Declan McGee, Rod Ketchum, and I'm Daniel Williams. Stay safe and thanks for listening. Hi, this is Declan McGee, one of the producers for the MGMA Insights Podcast. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership. Thanks.